Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics. We've got a great episode for you today, going to cover a couple of topics involving the NCAA decision to not offer winter athletes another year of eligibility. We're going to talk all about that decision and the response from some very prominent gymnasts. We're also going to talk about the Honda Award finalists, which have been announced. We're going to recap the meat of the week, talk all about the Florida Gators, and then the perfect guest will be joining us after that, Florida Gator gymnast Trinity Thomas is going to be joining us. Obviously, so much to talk to her about as both the Tokyo postponement and the cancellation of NCAA season directly affected her. So can't wait to hear all about that from Trinity. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and dive right on in. McKenna, I'm not entirely sure what updates we could have. We're still in quarantine, but um, any new life updates? Um, I actually just recently started just kind of in light of everything that's going on. And I know the gymnastics community is really suffering because gymnastics is one of those sports where it's not like you can go outside and kick a soccer ball around and kind of remotely stay, um, you know, keep your skills up to date. Like you need a gym and you need, you you need equipment, um, to really kind of be in a good place, um, when it comes to training. So Recently, I have started one-on-one mental training um, to just to keep your mind right. It, it, we talked about this before, but your mindset, especially in the sport of gymnastics, it's all mental, right? And physically, yeah. you're able to do gymnastics. I kind of figured out how important and how much visualization and positive thinking and positive habits um, can help you even when you can't compete. When I tore my Achilles, I was out for a year. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do in the meantime? learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about how strong and powerful the brain is. Um, And so I've just kind of put it all together and um, have offered my services. So if you were a gymnast out there and you're kind of stuck on what to do, sign up with a session with me. I would love to work with you guys. Um, It's been really, really fun. Um, Helping people is truly like what makes my heart beat. It sets my heart on fire. I get so excited. Um, And so I've been really, really having a good time with this and, um, you know, doing what I can for the community and for, um, gymnasts in this time. But that link is in my bio on Instagram. So you guys can go check that out. Um, or you can go to my website, writeyourstoryspeech.com, um, and schedule a session with me. That is awesome. Yeah. We talked about that in, in pretty good depth last week, just about, um, kind of how important the mentality during all of this is for gymnasts. So I think that is a perfect opportunity for young gymnasts, current gymnasts who just want to keep their mind right. And you're somebody that even though this particular adversity isn't something you went through, you had your fair share of it, um, and, and learned how to work through it. So I think that's, that's a really awesome thing to, to be doing right now. I think everyone's trying to, to get creative in ways that we, 
you know, help each other, make good use of this time. And it's it's been really cool to see what people do with this time. So kudos to you. Everyone go check that out and um, and get McKenna's help on mentality. Lord, I might be trying myself. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and dive into a couple different talking points because I know all of you are just going to be eager to hear from Trinity. Totally understand. Um, want to talk about the decision. Obviously, we had mentioned a few weeks ago that with the cancellation of the NCAA postseason for gymnastics, would they potentially be able to extend another year of eligibility? The NCAA has come out with their official decision announcement, and they announced that spring sport athletes will be receiving another year of eligibility. There will be scholarship extensions and and more funds available for those teams. So it does not have an implication on recruiting. There will still be the same allowance for incoming freshmen, things like that. So spring was taken care of as it should have been because they barely tapped into their season at all. The issue was with the winter athletes because about 90% of their season was completed. Really, the only thing they didn't get was postseason. And obviously, in gymnastics, even in basketball, there is certainly an argument that postseason is the purpose of season. Um, and so those athletes, a lot of them were were really hoping that the NCAA would extend that option for them because this is essentially in a, in a lot of legal cases, this is being deemed an act of God. And so there are a lot of kind of ways that corporations are handling this because it's, it's so unique. So there was an argument for the NCAA to allow that to winter athletes as well, but they did not choose to give another year of eligibility to winter sport athletes. And it was kind of quiet for a couple days when all of that happened, I think because everyone, look, everyone understands there are a lot of logistical issues in this and, and there are so many nuances to this decision and you got to have answers for it. If you're going to fight to get it changed, you got to have ways to make it happen. So it, it kind of was settled for a minute. Now a lot of people are coming out with their responses and I wanted to mention that Maggie Nichols has put out a statement and sent it to the NCAA. Basically, I'll just read the beginning of it. The entire thing is on her Twitter if anyone wants to go look it up. But she said, I am posting this today on behalf of myself, my fellow senior class at Oklahoma and all other winter sports seniors. On March 30th, the NCAA announced that while all spring sport athletes were granted another year of eligibility, winter sport athletes were not included in the discussion and would not be extended any eligibility. We lost the opportunity to represent our universities at the highest level by not having our postseason competitions, but also our careers ended. Most importantly, we do not have the opportunity to end our careers on our own terms. I think that that's kind of where the argument is the strongest, especially in gymnastics. And I'm glad that she put that in there, that this is a sport that took their entire lives. They committed everything to this. And you know that the end is coming and you prepare for it, but for it to happen this way and and not have your last competition and your last routine and and those moments is difficult. The problem is this could be the case I'm not saying where my my stance is on it because honestly I see both sides. But 
this could be the case if you're a senior and you get through enough of your season that you're not eligible for a medical red shirt, but you get injured and you are done for the last few meets because that happens. Like there are so many times in this life that things don't end or happen the way that we anticipate them to, but it doesn't mean we get a do over. Right. Right. It's so, it's so tricky to, you know, like you said, there's so many more logistics and so many more complications to it and complexities. That's really the word I meant to say. Um, than just, you know, giving everyone a whole nother year that, that means so much. Just, I don't see, I don't see how it would, how it would work out if they did get that fifth year granted to them. And of course, of course they're upset. And of course, like, honestly, of all senior classes in NCA gymnastics, this is probably the most legendary and the most yeah. just some unbelievable athletes with so many accolades from all over the place. Um, and of course theirs is the one cut short. Um, it's, you know, I, I see both sides too. Of course, if I'm the gymnast, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for them. But if I'm the NCAA, which honestly, as a former student athlete, NCAA has never been a big fan. I've never been a big fan of them. I think any athlete can adapt. Right. That. But um, in this case, I do. I do think they are calling the right shot because I, there's only so much you can do. Exactly. Because it also it it can't just be gymnastics. It will then exactly. also be both men's and women's basketball, wrestling, mm-hmm. pro- lacrosse. Like there are so many other athletes and. It's not just D1 schools either. There are thousands of universities that this would impact. And I totally understand and my heart goes out to them. And I commend people like Maggie who are going to take a stand and and make sure they use their voice because that, I mean, if anyone is going to be listened to, it's Maggie Nichols. Basically, her call to them was that we deserve one last opportunity to compete. And I would say, yes, you absolutely do deserve it. It just may not be doable. Yeah. And that's that's really the issue. No one's saying that you guys don't deserve this. Right. And no one's saying that right. we don't want you to have it. Right. But is it really feasible for all these universities? Probably not. Yeah. And that's very unfortunate. I wish in a perfect world that once we get back to normal, the NCAA would allow some sort of final event. Mm-hmm. I would I would love a final you know, basketball game or like just a weekend event that could be put on. The issue in gymnastics is this much time away from training and then throwing you back in. Gymnastics isn't a sport that we could do that. We could very well do that with basketball. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the teams wouldn't be as good as they were at the end of season because they haven't been practicing and running their plays and stuff. But like, you know, a a weekend of pickup basketball and whatever seniors in the NCAA want to fly to this event, like you're welcome. That'd be awesome. Yeah. It would be awesome to give that to gymnasts as well. I just think you run the risk of of health issues more so than any other sport. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like you said, like it's not gymnastics something you have to continually train for. And so Right. Yeah. It's it's a whole nother ballgame. There are so many athletes that have to put their career in that sport away and maybe the end of it wasn't ideal. It wasn't the perfect happy ending, but it's part of their story. And I I think that eventually they'll all find that, you know, their peace in that. But as of now, the decision has been made. Definitely wish all the gymnasts who are having to make peace and come to terms with this 
definitely wish them well. Wanted to mention the Honda Award. Like I said, the four finalists have officially been announced, and the Honda Award is given annually to the best collegiate gymnast. And honestly, this list is 0% surprising. The top four finalists are Trinity Thomas, Kyla Ross, Maggie Nichols, and Lexi Rimler from Minnesota. I love that she is a top four finalist because I think we talked about Minnesota during this season being on the rise, and Lexi is a huge part of that program's growth. Uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to see that. If you had a vote, McKenna, who do you think's getting it? Oh my goodness. Right? That is stacked competition. I guess because Maggie's already won it at one point, I'm going to go ahead and like say no to her because also I, she doesn't have enough fingers for another ring <laughs> under the sun. And if you guys have seen her like, oh, use promotional pics of her with, they, they always do pics with their rings, which is really cool. Um, yeah. He has like 95 gazillion. I feel like UCLA and Florida, like they're a top school. We're always talking about them. You always see them. And, it, and Minnesota is a team that you don't really see and you don't really talk about. And they're not really one that's always in the mix. And I right. do feel like Lexi in a way has carried that team on her back. Not to say that the rest of the team is not up to par, but when you have a, an athlete like Lexi who get, is getting perfect tens at a less notable school that goes to show a lot about her and her character and and how much she cares and deals with the sport so I, I guess I, I would want to award Lexi because I'm always an underdog kind of person um and I say underdog I love that because it's not an SEC school it's not you know we don't see them at nationals so I, I would give it to Lexi right Okay. I like that. I like that pick. Definitely a reputable group and all four of them have a lot to be proud of this year. So I think that's getting announced next week. So we will definitely follow up on that one. Well, we're going to recap our meat of the week, talk all about the Florida Gators before we bring in Trinity Thomas. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about one of our awesome sponsors, True Classic Tees. Now, like I said last week, we're all lounging around at home wearing a bunch of t-shirts, but you know, you want to change out of your sloppy t-shirts and get into like a better t-shirt, you know what I mean? So True Classic Tees are the perfect company for everybody to be checking out right now. They are one of my favorites. It's a company based out in LA. They are quickly growing, so we are getting in with them at a very good time. The shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're very versatile, so you'll be able to wear these once we get out of lockdown. And the best part, they are very affordable. They're just 15 bucks and you can get them for even less thanks to our code. All you have to do is go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout for 20% off. So that's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. All right, so our meet of the week was Florida versus Penn State. Obviously, Florida came out with the win and a huge road score that was going to be very helpful in their NQS, even though that ended up mattering um, like very little. But 
Uh, certainly a great meet and good to see the Gators in a road environment. Uh, I did have to go. I, I actually went and watched clips from other meets as well because the camera angles weren't ideal in this meet, especially on vault. Like you couldn't see how high they were. So apologize for anyone who was going along with that. Maybe you did your research and, and kept looking otherwise. So being on the road, Florida started on bars. Uh, I'm I'm always impressed with Florida's bar lineup. I think they always have consistency on bars. They have big skills on bars. I love Amelia Hunley and Rachel Gowie. Ever since they got to Florida, they have just been rocks for this team. And I think Amelia's role in various lineups has varied a lot yeah. since her freshman year. Um, but she's still that like positive. Yep forced on that team. Gowie has such a pretty double layout dismount. Her toe point on every single event she competes in, she has elegance. Like that is just natural across the board for her. I was very surprised by Megan Skaggs that she only got a 985. I I, I was very impressed with her bar routine. Yeah. Um, I, I thought her, her body position was gorgeous. Her handstands, she's got a really strong but effortless routine like you can tell how tough it is but she does it with ease she's got a Takajev right down to the low bar that just she she looks like it's nothing to her so I was actually very surprised by her score and I I felt like she she deserved a little bit higher uh and then Savannah Shane here I I really like this girl I think she's gonna be one that continues to make a mark right like she's got such gorgeous form. She had great handstands yeah. in this bar routine. And that freaking dismount, blind change into a double front half out. I love how unique her routine is. And then Trinity, 995, like it's nothing. Girl, gone. <laughs> I, I can't with her. It's comical. It's, it's a Maggie Nichols thing too, you know, just like, well, there they go again. Yep. You just like shake your head while they compete. Oh, truly. Yeah. You know, I was, I was overall, I was very impressed and I was happy for Florida. They, I think, you know, obviously they started off rough with Amelia's fall. Um, but I think it's very uncharacteristic of her to do that. And the lineup yep. seamlessly, the lineup got up there like it didn't even happen. Um, you could not tell. And normally sometimes you can tell it'll choke them up or shake them up a little bit. People will be less aggressive because they don't want another fall. They'll miss some handstands here and there, but it didn't even, I didn't even remember that it happened by the time bars was over. I mean, they were so, they were lights out. I mean, they always are. Um, yeah. Rachel Gowie, her double layout was, I mean, incredible, but I, I love what you said. It's so pretty. She's just elegant in everything that she does. Um, I, I love mm-hmm. the way that she swings. She just has a really good swing um, on bars. Um, Megan Skaggs. I love her style of gymnastics. She has, um, bow legs and but and it's so beautiful to me like I think yeah for gymnastics this sort of flair Ashley Nat had um some hyper extended elbows and so did Natalie Hannah Brown but I loved it I, I think it gives yeah their style a unique look a unique um even technique Megan Skaggs is someone that I've watched since she was an elite and she has consistently improved. She's become a staple. She is super, super talented and she is the cutest thing ever. I was thoroughly pleased with her bar routine. She's extremely flexible by, but dynamic. Um, and I think I yep. feel like that's kind of how you could describe Florida is they're just dynamic overall. Yeah. Um, okay. Savannah, her bar routine you guys, her behavior, it literally finished above the high bar. And the first thing I said was, are you joking? Like, 
She had time to wait and catch the bus. It was, I've never seen anything like it. I am obsessed with her. I think she's kind of the Anastasia Webb of Florida. Oh, yes. I am obsessed with this girl. She's so good. She was actually a teammate of uh, Sammy Duranty, who is on the LSU team, who is a former teammate of mine. Um, they train mm-hmm. the gym together, and so I've always kind of heard of her, and then now I finally get to watch her. I'm like, hi, I love you. I'm obsessed with you. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Trinity, of course, classic Trinity. She's even getting better, and she's even progressing and figuring out what this whole college thing's about, too, and I'm excited to see what her senior year will look like. Um, right. They had Peyton Richards. She's the only freshman for them this year. Um, they put her in the, that that anchor spot. She's a little sloppy, but she, she is only a freshman. I'm excited for her. I think she fits in super well with this team. She looks like she's really just kind of bought into this culture. Um, and she's going to do fine. She's going to do just great. And then to mention that they had um, Leah Clapper, I believe, exhibition on bars. And um, you can tell she doesn't have quite the confidence in competing yet. But, but of course, I mean, that's what exhibition is for, is for that experience to, you know, put your training to the test. And, um, I mean, this is a routine that Florida can use in the future. So I was I was really happy um, for her personally, because I know that is a good feeling, but excited for Florida that they'll get another bar routine. I certainly think if you make that mark early on the road on bars, then you you just set yourself in a really good place. And Florida's got that power on bars, which was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go over to vault. And like I mentioned, this was kind of a hard one to really evaluate because the camera angle freaking sucks. Yeah. And normally that's why on most national broadcasts, the camera is directly on the side or angled that way. So you can see height. If it's directly behind the vault, you can't see height or distance for that matter, mm-hmm. how far they landed away from the table. But, um, so when I was watching it in this meet, I was like, ah, this vault lineup's like not that impressive. Yeah. But I went back and I watched in some other meets and that the Penn State camera angle did not do them justice for their vault lineup. I will say that there is much more amplitude and power than that camera angle showed. Uh, but my confusion is Florida is always one of the top programs and they don't have enough controlled 10-0 start values. Mm-hmm. They had four one and a halves, but like only Trinity's was controlled. And even she had a small hop. Yeah. And even the ones that I went to see in other meets, they, they've they got some one and a halves, but they're not very controlled. There's something that's not quite where it should be. It doesn't match the level of their other events on vault. I think they've gotten there with the amplitude and the power. It's, it's now kind of on the landings and the little details and things. I think had we gotten into postseason, vault would have been potentially the decider between Oklahoma and Florida. 100%. That, that's literally what I have too. Um, I thought they had very explosive, very aggressive vaults. Um, but yeah, they've got to have better landings, but they were very clean, which it definitely helps um, if you're going to be like jumping and digging big steps. Um, but you're so right about the whole postseason thing. I mean, if this is their landings on a basketball gym um, at an away meet, you guys podium, when you get to the postseason and you know, you go to big championship meets and it's on podium, it is extremely bouncy. You're, Sometimes you have to start back like a little, a few inches off than what you normally would on the vault runway, just because um, you you have more distance in your run because of the bounce from the podium. I mean, it's a whole 
other ball game for for ball. Yeah. I also found it interesting that Adrian was standing where he was on the mat. He was literally like center in line with the vault as if he was there because on all the one and a halfs, they all like jumped forward and he was standing right there as if he was prepared for them to do that. Do do you think this was a potentially a meet where they weren't encouraging stuck vaults. I mean, to some degree later in the season, they, they were right on the cusp of starting postseason. You want to make sure you're not forcing anything that you don't have to, and uh, uh, no discredit to Penn state, but this certainly was a meet that Florida felt very confident they would win. Oh, 100%, 100%. You know that it's funny you say that because I, I was, very shocked that you know this meet was on March 7th I mean you're at the end of regular season you are approaching postseason I was very underwhelmed um, and a bit concerned for them just in terms of how they were landing so far ahead in the season sometimes coaches stand on the mat because a one and a half is a forward landing and they want you to spot that landing so that could have been a training tactic that they were doing Um, another thing is you will see this on pretty much every event but floor, um, a coach will sometimes put their foot up on the mat or hold the mat so it doesn't slide on the landing because that does happen Mm -hmm. mat slides and that causes you to take an extra step or a stumble or something. So it could have been a couple of different things, but um, I was very shocked at how, um, I say, out of control most of their landings were. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Sierra Alexander because – I remember when she was a freshman and they were, sometimes she even did exhibitions, but sometimes they would have her in the lineup. She's doing a Yurchenko full, so she can only get a 995. And this girl would go so far away from the table, but then like hop even further. She could not get that thing under control. She had so much power. She's taller. And Jenny was like, I just need her to harness it because when she does, it's going to be beautiful. And you can tell that this girl has worked tirelessly to gain control of all of that power. And it is a beautiful Yurchenko full. So I just, I love seeing the results of hard work and and you can tell how far she's come. It's so funny you say that I literally have in, in my notes too. Wow. She has improved so, so much. She actually scored yeah. the perfect 995 for your Chanko Fool. So she got that perfect score um, at this meet. Yeah, no, you are so right. She, You can tell that she's just naturally gifted because, quite honestly, even in her hurdle, you can tell there's not a lot of technique to her gymnastics. I was the same way. Yeah. It's kind of just like this raw power, this raw talent. Um, and she has really, it seems like she's really just done the detail work and has really made it count and done something with that. Um, you know, it's one thing to have a really raw, talented athlete, but if they're not willing to put in the hard work and, you know, kind of buckle down on those details, it's not going to work out. And she has really done that. I think she, she's probably seen, you know, I can be a staple. I can be, um, you know, a top performer for my team if I just, you know, focus on X, Y, and Z. And she's absolutely done that because a vault like that, going from what she, how she used to vault to a stuck perfect score landed vault, like the, the works and the details right there, friends. Love that. And that kind of, we talked about that last week, obviously, if you've got six 10-0 start values in your lineup, like 
awesome. But if you don't, those 995s have to be freaking beautiful. And so Sierra Alexander is in that. I don't think this one did justice for Megan Skaggs. If you could tell because the camera angle, she wasn't at the, in the center of the table. And so it made her landing be a little bit over to the side and it just didn't look like much power, but I actually went and I watched her vault in the Georgia meet and it was gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous. And she stuck it cold. And back to what you were saying about the way her legs are, it gives her this ability to be so completely flat in the air. She is a straight board up and down. And you can see that on bars in her handstands. And you can see it in her Yurchenko full on vault. And I think it is beautiful. And it's so impressive. So if you want to go watch Megan Skaggs vault, I would recommend the one in the Georgia meet. But I think if you're going to have 995s, you got to have them that execute like these two girls do. Agreed. So then we move on to floor. And if vault had some areas of concern, floor is actually where I was more impressed with Florida than I was Oklahoma, which is crazy to say because Oklahoma is really known for their performance on floor. And I think it has to do with the difficulty of the tumbling. I, how many of these girls in Florida's lineups finished their routine with a double pike. Yeah. No, Most of them. It's not the difficulty. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was so glad to see that. I think that championship teams don't just do the requirements. Yeah. They go the extra mile. And I think Florida and Oklahoma both did that. But Florida on floor, they really pushed themselves in the difficulty. And this is probably my favorite year of choreography for Florida. I, I loved their choreography. And I think there was such elegance in several of them. Rachel Gowie could have been a ballerina. Like, good Lord, that girl... She defines artistic gymnastics. Alyssa Bauman, elegant, beautiful, beautiful execution of her routine. And Savannah Shane here. This girl is one of my freaking favorites. Very quickly. She had a a bit of a bounce on the landing of her second pass. But once again, double pike in the last pass, double tuck on the first pass. Like they're pushing themselves in the difficulty. And they're also pushing themselves in the execution of their dance. I think they knew that that was something they needed to hone in on a little bit. And you really saw the results of that this season. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, for Rachel Gowie, I have that she's her dance was sharp yet elegant. Uh, literally yep. the exact same thing. She kind of seems like the same Rachel um, that we saw in the elite world. Just the way she dances. Um, she seems very matter of fact, still has that sharpness to her. Um, then yep. we have Pally. She, she came in second. She had a huge opening pass to pull in. Second pass was a Love little that. Easy, but she stuck cold that double pike. Um, and then literally Savannah, I just, I love this girl. She's incredible. Same. Her podcast, she had this huge double tuck, um, with a, a bit of a bounce back. It made me think maybe she was downgrading. Maybe she, you know, is mm. ha- normally has an e-pass there, just maybe at an away meet. Um, cause sometimes you, especially at a meet where it's like, again, Florida, Penn state for Florida, that that's a very easy, easily one meet for them. So Um, They don't necessarily need to take big risks. Um, They can downgrade. They can, um, I think that's why they had so many exhibitions, you know, just taking advantage of that meet for them. Um, So it kind of made me think maybe that's what Savannah was doing. Um, Naya Reed, 
huge double A out. She reminds me a lot of Sierra in the sense of she just has so much raw talent. You you can't teach that. That is yeah. a natural gift that Naya has. Um, I thought she was a bit whippy on her front pass to Rudy. I would have liked to see maybe more patience between each of that skill and more height. Um, and yeah. double pike. Really, I need Trinity to give everyone a, a double layout clinic because holy crap. What the crap? Like I could have walked under it. No, for real. Her second pass was insanely good and she had a great double pike. I mean, this kid is ridiculous. Um, and then Alyssa, I feel for her. The, uh, when, she's Alyssa. She's fabulous. Her leaps literally made my jaw hit the floor. I was just... Her second pass, are we going to talk about that? Oh my gosh, it was so floaty. So controlled. Yes, yet so dynamic. Like you saw every single flip and twist and everything finished before the next one started. Like yep. that was textbookly done well. It was just ridiculous. But She I- also has the Sarah Vinegan um, yes. pointed toes in the yes. double tuck. Yes. Like who points their toes in a tuck? I love that. I can tell you this. I don't. I never did. Couldn't. <laughs> realized it. Um, but uh, I feel for Alyssa because it can be really, really hard to go after someone who gets a 10. Um, the only reason I see uh, that, yeah. that happened to me at SCC's uh, this past year. Sarah went, she, Sarah was in fifth and I would go six on floor and Sarah got a 10. And like, it's just difficult when you, when you've already know, like those first five scores are counted and they're good to go. And the team is all like rallied up and you kind of know that the pressure is off of you and you're just like, okay, cool. Um, but at the same time, you also kind of feel like, okay, well she just did really well. So I, you know, I want to keep the ball rolling just because I don't know. So I feel for her. Um, and she came out with an incredible routine. So um, overall, I thought Florida did phenomenal on floor. It was hard to hear their music just because of the the broadcasting and the angle was right. odd at some points, but um, I, it, they were they were really fun to watch. I yeah, I really was impressed with this with this floor lineup, and I loved to see the more intentionality be- behind the performance and yeah. getting from one pass to the next. And the choreography was beautiful, and they have the insane difficulty to yeah. match it from start to finish that is being executed very well. Yeah. Like I said, so many of them ended in a double pike, and they they didn't seem winded going yeah. into it. You know, mm-hmm. some teams. You see that gymnast standing in the corner trying to take several deep breaths and you're just like nervous. I was never nervous watching these Florida girls go for their last pass. You could tell they had the stamina to get it done. And then finally, they have to close on the dreaded beam, but they looked quite comfortable. And obviously, if you're going into the last rotation and you've got the lead that they had over Penn State, you probably are feeling pretty comfortable. But Peyton Richards in the leadoff spot, I definitely appreciated that she had a triple series. She's got to point those toes a little bit more, but she looks very comfortable. And and especially for a freshman, I think that's a huge testament to what she could eventually become for this program. If she's already looking that confident as a freshman in the lead, off spot on beam that gives me a lot of confidence about where she's headed uh amelia a bit of a slight balance check but great leap stuck landing once again you just you feel like you can rely on this girl she's always kind of been that and even her uncharacteristic fall bars to start the night she knows how to shake it off um Alyssa, Gowie, Trinity, like this is a very strong beam lineup. And I don't even think, yeah, coaches will say, oh, no, we we go 100 every single time we're out there. But, mm, yeah, I I don't know about that. I don't know if I buy it. I don't think that this team was going 100%. And that's what's wild because I think that there, there was more in the gas tank 
for this team than what they put out there. And, and it still was unbelievable. I think beam is a very telling event, probably the most telling of who has an elite background. Yeah. They own the beam. The beam does not own them. It's like they grew up walking on the beam instead of the floor. It's just so natural for them. And they have the same performance quality on beam that they do on floor. It is so funny to say that. I literally wrote down, I feel like beam stays the same with elites. Like, wow. Yeah, because especially those four in a row, from Amelia to Alyssa to Rachel to Trinity, all very seasoned elite performers, national team men, yep. multiple time um, assignments. So, you know, they went to Jeslo and meets like that. I mean, these are these are girls who know their stuff. They know how to adjust to, to different environments. They know how to do gymnastics by just doing their business. And it, it's just, it's very evident. You can seriously tell that these girls know what they're doing and it doesn't even phase them. That it's That's such a good point. We had Leah Clapper, I believe she was, yeah, she was sixth on beam. Um, I thought she, this was such a great routine. Uh, she reminded me a bit of Rachel Gowie on beam, actually. I loved oh, yeah. she paid so much attention to detail, extremely polished. I was very impressed. And I, I honestly really enjoyed watching her routine. Her dance was beautiful. She, I mean, from her fingertips to her toe points, to the way she held each move and even, her movement and rhythm, it was just, it was beautiful. I really, really enjoyed watching this routine. I thought it was fabulous. And then Megan Skaggs was exhibitioning and they cut it off mid-broadcast. So I didn't get to finish <laughs> watching that one. But um, overall, they had fabulous beams, super business-like. I mean, they just got up there and did their job. I think Trinity was on her way to a 10 until she missed her foot. Um, I know. Not her. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things Sometimes going into a meet where you know you have the win, um, you can you can get a little lax. And especially for them, they were competing on a Saturday at four. And I don't believe that that is like the usual for them. So, I mean, that's a whole other thing to adjust to. Sometimes your brain can get a little lackadaisical. And um, especially if you're hitting a really good routine and you're like, all I have is a dismount laugh. Like, I can do it. You, you may get a little distracted. But it could have been a technical thing. Who knows? But um, very uncharacteristic of her. Um, but you know, overall, this Florida team is stacked. I'm not surprised by their power by any means. I think they've always been a super dynamic and aggressive team. Like if you think back at the past years, and I'm thinking back at the past teams that we would face, they were always super fierce and honestly intimidating. I was really excited to see this season. Because like you said, what we've always known about Florida gymnastics is the ability. I mean, they get top-notch athletes every mm-hmm. single year. Their recruiting has always been so strong. So you've you've got the talent and the ability matched with extreme competition experience and power. There is always power in that Florida team. They have uh, strength. They have speed. But I, I have wanted a little bit more finesse from this Florida program in years past. And I think especially on, on floor from the way they perform to the subtle nuances on beam and the, the attention to detail on vault, the control of that power, those little things. I think Jenny and this coaching staff are really ironing out those wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think and we talked about it earlier. I think if they can get their vault landings under control, I mean, they're already unbelievable, but I mean, it would be truly, I mean, if we really had, if we got our national championship at the end of um, this season, I really think it would come down to 
if OU or Florida, just who, who was better that day. Well, it's certainly disappointing that we weren't able to see what that Florida team could have put together into postseason. All we can do is speculate at this point, which is still kind of fun. But let's talk about another team that we know definitely makes their mark in postseason and potentially could have done it this year. We are going to talk all about UCLA next week. So the meat of the week is the very impressive UCLA versus Utah. This one happened on February 23rd. Once again, you can find this on YouTube. This meet was insane. It was neck and neck the entire time, literally came down to the final routine. So I think this is a great one for us to really evaluate what that UCLA team brought into competition this year. So make sure everyone watches that. Take your own notes and listen to us next week. Compare yours If you have any questions, any points of emphasis, make sure you message us and we will be sure to cover that. Okay, well, let's bring in someone who definitely knows her stuff. Trinity Thomas is going to be talking all about this Florida Gators team and her wild ride through the past couple of months. I can only imagine how this has been weighing on her. So we are going to bring her in. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys about our other awesome sponsor. I've told you guys about it a few times, Bet Online. While you're waiting out this crazy, boring time at home, you might as well try your luck with a little online betting. BetOnline.ag is getting real creative with some of their games on there because without NBA, NHL, MLB, the typical stuff is out the window. But there's eSports, American Idol, the Spelling Bee. There's a $750,000 poker series, so there is plenty of fun to be had. And right now they're going to give you a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code. So go to betonline.ag and use mypod100 to receive the welcome bonus. So they're going to give you some extra money to play with. So that's a great deal. You just got to use mypod100 on betonline.ag. All right, everybody. It's the moment that we know you've been waiting for. McKenna and I are in no way offended because I would be most looking forward to this interview as well. We are joined by NCAA and elite phenom, Trinity Thomas. Trinity, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Anytime, girl. You can come on any week you want to. We have so much to ask you about, and obviously we're going to start with what is currently happening, and all of this has kind of been a, a slow trickle of information coming out for you. I mean, you're you're part of both the NCAA and the elite world, and you know, first with the cancellation of, of postseason and the abrupt end to NCAA, and then you find out, oh, the Olympics are postponed, but we don't know when, and oh, then you find out when the dates are. This has just been such a whirlwind, and all of it applies directly to you what has this past month been like for you slowly hearing all of these decisions that are going to affect you it's honestly just been really crazy because one week oh we're getting ready and then oh no postseason at all and we're like oh wow and so season was just over like that which is was it was so sad and I felt so bad for all the seniors and so that was definitely hard. And then I was like, well, I I kind of knew that the Olympics was like, uh, I was like, okay, it's in the summer. I already nobody's training. So right. like, I kind of knew that it was just going to, it, it was going to happen. So I was like, prepared myself ahead of time for that one. So I was like, okay, 
And then when they said it to get postponed, I was like, oh gosh, when? Like, <laughs> so then when that came out, I was like, okay, okay. So just like slowly getting the information, it's just been crazy, but um, just trying to stay positive and just do control what I can control and take in all the information and decide what to do next. I can imagine that lull between, okay, the Olympics is postponed, but not knowing the date had to have been very challenging for you because had the date been spring, it would have affected your NCAA career. Yes. So like when I heard that they were like thinking about spring and I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) 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 because that would have been a hard decision to make. Absolutely. Hey, it's not in the spring, so I don't have to make that decision. It's in the summer, so I'm excited and um, I guess just coming up with the next plan and to see, uh, I guess, a new timeline, you know, so, yeah. I can't imagine having to make a decision like that considering, like, it wasn't, it's not a normal decision. Like, no one yeah. has to make a decision like that. That's just, that is, that is nuts. Um, a few weeks ago, we had Michaela Skinner on the podcast, and we talked with her about the transition from college to elite. And well, for her, it's been back and forth. And I guess you're kind of in the same boat. How has that transition <laughs> from the elite world to college been for you? Honestly, going from elite to college wasn't—I don't know—wasn't that bad for me, really. I thought I was excited for college, and I knew what I was getting myself into. I'd been talking to college for years so I think I was like really ready and sure. it was easy I've always been that like I was cheering I was mad so like it wasn't really different for me I guess more the hardest part for me probably was like jumping around after my routine because like I didn't do that before but <laughs> right that's so yeah it was just so fun so I was ready I was excited so getting there and getting to do all the college stuff was easy for me and I just like kind of, I felt fit right in. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You didn't look like you missed a beat at all, but it was crazy because you are one of the few gymnasts who attempt the feat of staying in both worlds and, and doing whatever you have to do to stay uh, in tip top shape and, and keep your skills top notch for both worlds. And, and it, it kind of is different in what you focus on in each of the two, but your timeline was, was really working out until this whole global pandemic situation. I mean, you were, you were focused on NCAA. You were, you were training hard and leading that Gator squad to a, a postseason run, which seemed inevitable. It seemed like the writing was on the wall for this team to make a national championship run. And then your summer was going to consist of vying for that Olympic team. And, and now you push it a year forward. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what your viewpoint is on the next year. Will your plan stay the same? So, I mean – this year, oh, it was set up perfectly. I was so ready for everything. Yeah. And, like, everything was going to be, like, one year. I was like, oh, this team's going to win a national championship. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to go to the trial. And then I was going to be, I mean, I was going to be, like, the end of my elite career. So it's just, like, hard because I was I was ready for, like, mm-hmm. that kind of ending, you know. So, but I... I'm just taking it day by day. I mean, it's hard to say right now, I guess, because, but I just, I'm taking it day by day and the plan's not changing right now. I still want to go to Olympic trials. So I'm still going to be 
still going to go for that. So, yeah. Does it intimidate you at all to have a, another year? I mean, McKenna and I have talked about this. You know, you you kind of have this this timeline and this plan of when the Olympics is happening, where your body needs to be by that point. And, and now all of you in pursuit of that dream have to add a whole nother year to that regimen. Does Do you feel like that is, is more of a challenge for you guys or it's just about adapting? Honestly, I think... It depends on the way you look at it. Of course, there's challenges that come with it, but also if you look at the positives, you can put together better teams, maybe yeah. get that skill that you were working on. Uh, I think the negatives are just trying to stay healthy mm-hmm, and sure. um, trying to not peak too early and just be ready at the right time. So I think it's going to be challenging, yes, but I think there are also positive things that you can pull out of it as well. Absolutely. That is so huge, especially just in this weird situation everyone's in. It is so refreshing and encouraging to hear just where your mind's at, um, especially when you just have a lot on your plate to make. So that is awesome. Um, In terms of your skill set, how have you been able to balance? Because Trinity, what? I don't even think you understand what you're doing, how freaking (laughs) amazing and crazy it is. Like after one meet, like, you or after a season really or even a few meets in a row of college gymnastics meets you like that next day when you wake up you're like oh my gosh I feel like I've gotten hit by a bus I don't know if you felt that way but I know me no, and I definitely- <laughs> so, right. so I'm just how have you been able to balance you know competing I want to say these watered down routines because I know you can do more than what you're doing. You're still doing like very difficult gymnastics. How have you been able to balance um, kind of having two skill sets? So it's definitely been trial and error and like figuring things out. And of course, like last year leading up to uh, championships. So that was like kind of like a trial, right? And so obviously, I it's hard. <laughs> and it's just like more more hard physically right more so than mentally for me so like just being smart with what I'm doing in the gym every day how many repetitions I'm doing Mm -hmm. and just like trying to do what only what I need right like no more than what I need and just getting things done efficiently has been like the most important thing and so Sometimes that's hard for me because I'm like, oh, I wobbled on that. I want to do another one. But Jenny's like, no, like, you're fine. (laughs) You'll do them again tomorrow. Like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. I don't want you to beat yourself up. So, like, just being smart definitely uh, has gotten me through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, with that year kind of period still looming and and right now is still a time of uncertainty everyone is is not entirely sure when they'll be able to get back in the gym and and training at the level that you need to but if that olympic trials and and the olympic team pursuit does become a reality for you if we're sitting here talking about it this time next year what are some goals for you skill wise that you would want to make sure you've you've gotten to a really good level in pursuit of the olympic team Honestly, I'm just trying to, so obviously there's skills that I want to <laughs> upgrade, yeah. but I yeah. just want to put together like like a routine with the least amount of deductions as possible. Because right. okay. like I've noticed for me, sometimes like if I go too big, like more mistakes happen, if that makes sure. sense. 
Sure. Absolutely. But like, if I can like put together a smart routine that has a high difficulty level, but I know like 99.9% that I'm going to hit that routine mm-hmm. and have my execution level up, like that's the routine that I'm looking to do. So yeah. there are a few skills that I want to implement, but more honestly, more connections. I'm sure college has kind of helped you not that you had a bad form before, oh my gosh, but I'm sure it helped you kind of like been able to focus on those little details, like the handstands and, and, you know, um, gosh, the, the form obviously versus like elite. It's all about just trying to like jam pack a routine, put as many things in there as possible, but you're missing the handstands and maybe you're taking a step on the landing. And I think, I think that is a great perspective and goal for you to have is, you know, just trying to get in there and be clean and while upping your difficulty too, of course. Yes, definitely. That's exactly what I mean. You said it way better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sweet. <laughs> so obviously, Trinity, you're a freaking superstar. And going into the college world, you were recruited by everyone under the sun. I mean, top names were out to get you. I know LSU was dying to have you. What <laughs> made you choose? Hey, we all end up where we need to be. No, no hard feelings. But what made you choose Florida in the end? So honestly, that choosing a college was the hardest decision I've ever made. Sure. And I mean, I I loved my top three schools. My top three schools were UCLA, LSU, and Florida. So like, it was in the end, it was really difficult. But when I took that final visit to Florida, I just like had that feeling that that was where I was supposed to be. And everybody told me I was going to know. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm scared. Like, I like them all. I don't know. And they were like, just wait, just wait. And I definitely felt that uh, that last visit to Florida, I was like, this is the place. This is where I'm supposed to be. So it was just like a feeling. Yeah. No, it's so real because you can, I mean, when you're in that process of like going to different colleges and you're looking at the campuses and you're, you're really trying to get a feel for, okay, can I see myself here? And when you have three schools that you could potentially and like really see your future and yourself being successful there that makes that decision really really hard but you are so right it is such it is such a feeling you just know you just you really mm-hmm. know it's like love at first sight but for college like it just it <laughs> yes no definitely and it's like it's almost like you have to be patient too because like yes. I didn't know, and everybody was like, make a decision, make a decision. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but I don't know. So I didn't want to, like, make a decision when I didn't know. And I was, like, scared I was never going to know, but then I I did, so. That's awesome. Well, it certainly looked like it was the right fit for you, and you have been a blast to watch in college competition. I want to hear from your perspective, though. You know, we've we've talked in depth just about this Florida program and, and some of the obstacles that it had to overcome, even going back to last season and the very mm-hmm. unexpected ending to season because of the new regional format and, and you guys not getting that run for a national title. And then this season you come out guns a-blazing and it just seems like, oh, the stage is set for a comeback for this Gators team. And then season once again abruptly ends in a way that's unexpected. Give me a little insight to the mentality of this team after everything that you guys have have been through and the talent that continues to come through those doors in Gainesville. What is this program capable of? I guess we got to start looking ahead to next season. How much fire does this Gator team have? 
honestly, after we didn't make it to nationals, that was, we obviously we broke down, but yeah. we, like, just for a second, like, we came together and we were like, this is never going to happen again. We are going to work so hard this summer as a team. We're going to build each other up. We are going to put everything we have into this. And we literally came into this season and we were like, we are not looking back. We are only going forward. Yeah. We are going, like, we were going to do it. We had our mindset. It was what was going to happen. There was no if, ands, or buts. So, like, when the pandemic happened, it was just like, wow. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, because we, it was, I don't know. It was just, like, this season of our lives. We were, we were going to do it. We were excited. We were ready. And, like, it was, it was definitely hard to hear and to see the seniors break down and so it was just difficult but we even after that again we got back together and we were like this isn't it yeah. for this team we are going to come back from this better than ever just like we did last time and of course this sucks because this is out of our hands and uh, there's nothing we can do about it but we're all in the same boat and we have to keep rowing in the same direction. So, yeah. Well, that is certainly something that has been constant about this Florida program is that tenacity and that refusal to give up. So Trinity, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see what all you accomplish in the next year. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Well, that'll do it for us this week on Chalk Talk. As always, McKenna and I greatly appreciate you guys listening to us each and every week. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a notification every time we release an episode. We will be back next week with another awesome guest, more amazing content, and we'll be recapping the meat of the week which, reminder, is UCLA versus Utah. So make sure you watch that, take some notes, and be ready to dive into it next week. Everyone have a safe, healthy, happy week, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.